Don't worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for listening today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the Word word of God in the book of Ephesians to begin with Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Verses 1 through 4, Ephesians chapter 6. Then uh, skipping to verse 10, verses 10 to 20, tell us in the same chapter, Ephesians 6. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Verses 10 through 20, Ephesians chapter 6. Father, thank you once again for your word. Thank you for the truth that your word is the sword of the Spirit. Your word is the most powerful weapon in all of the universe, and it's our privilege to be able to take your precious word and put it to work as a weapon in our lives and the lives of our families and and to help equip our children to do the same. Father, help us more and more as individuals and as families to fall more in love with you and with your word and anoint us afresh with the spirit of prayer and anoint us afresh with the spirit that would cause in us a growing hunger for your word each and every day. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our producer is Rick Robertson. Rick is going to share a word of prayer at this time as well. Father, we're so thankful that you have told us that we can trust in you with all our heart, that we don't have to lean on our own understandings, and that uh, you will uh, direct our paths as we acknowledge you. Father, we th- we thankful that you're such a God that you will hold us and that you will take us by the hand and lead us. What a kindness, Father. We thank you for that. We thank you for your precious Son, Jesus who died uh, a terrible death on a cross for us. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rick. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. I want to remind, continue to remind our listeners that we have coming up in several weeks uh, during this summer, the Marriage, Family, and Life Conference 2022, uh, hosted by the American Family Association. The theme is Here I Stand. And so we will be having our annual Marriage and Family Life Conference here in Tupelo, Mississippi. The dates are July the 7th through the 9th, and it will be 
held at the Bancorp South Arena, 375 East Main Street in Tupelo, Mississippi here. Uh, and we're hoping that if you've already registered and are looking forward to coming, we're looking forward to seeing you as well. And we're honored to have with us for this segment Mark and Amy Warren, who are ministers of the gospel, who are going to be helping us with the conference. They're actually directors of the Marriage and Family Life's Youth Apologetics Track for ages 13 through 17. Uh, Mark and Amy, how are you all today? We're doing good. Doing you are. Thanks for having us. All right, great. Great to have you on today. And if you'll take a moment to further introduce yourself, and then we want to ask you to share more about the specifics of what you'll be doing as an important part of the Marriage Family Life Conference 2022. Well, we live in Ahoski, North Carolina, and I am the senior pastor of Church at the Crossroads down here. And my wife, Amy, uh, works with the youth, and we uh, reach out to the community. And our um, passion is to reach people with the gospel and teach them to follow and obey Christ. And uh, Amy is passionate about reaching the youth. All right. Well, again, we're really grateful to have you on today, as well as grateful to have you to be a part of the Marriage and Family Life Conference that will be happening this year. Well, again, in view of the fact that you all will be some of the directors with the Marriage and Family Life's Youth Apologetics Track, would you share with our listeners a little bit about what exactly that is? You know, some listeners might be thinking to themselves, why do we have to apologize about our faith? Would you explain to them what exactly you'll be dealing with and addressing? Absolutely. Apologetics, um, and that's a very common misconception about what are, you know, we're not apologizing for anything we're Christian. Um, apologetics is, is comes from the Greek apologia, which means to make a defense. Um, and, and, and all through the Gospels, we see um, the apostles making a defense for the faith. And, um, and our young people are flailing in their faith because they are not being taught how to make a defense for their faith. And, and that is um, through science, through philosophy, through history, um, through archaeology. Uh, Christianity is, is, a, 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 is a faith that is firmly, um, it's not a full faith, it is a faith that is firmly um, grounded in history and philosophy and science. And um, our churches and our, our our kids today aren't putting these two together and understanding that there is a framework that Christianity is the best explanation for all, for all of reality. And um, I think it was Nancy Piercy who said in, um, in, in an introduction to a book, she said, I, I believe it was Nancy Piercy, um, she said that Christianity doesn't start with um, Jesus um, died on the cross. Uh, she said Christianity starts with um, in the beginning. And so this in the beginning idea, the idea that God is indeed the creator and the sustainer of all things um, is missing from, from, the, um, from the understanding of our culture today. And that is causing so much chaos because um, everything is veering away from God's design. And, and this is the chaos that we, chaos that we see today in our culture. Um, and so our purpose in the Marriage Family Life Conference Youth Apologetic Track is to help young people to see today's cultural issues in a biblical way, to help them to think biblically and to be able to go into the culture that is 
so clearly militant against Christianity and all things that are good and beautiful and true, and to be able to to stand um, not just for the faith, but understanding that it is their indeed their their mandate, their their biblical mandate um, to live in a way that glorifies God. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that. And, uh, you know, if, say, for example, uh, parents that might be listening right now, if they were to ask the question to you, what responsibility do I have in the work of discipling my children? And if they were to say, well, you know, I kind of thought that's what the church is supposed to do, how would you respond to that? Well, absolutely. I, I believe that God has called parents to disciple their children, and I think it starts at a young age by teaching them the the plan of redemption, teaching them the Word of God in such a way that they see that God is um, restoring people into a relationship with Him, that because of sin that we're separated from God, and that God sent Christ to be the Savior of the world, and you know, raising their young people to uh, serve in the local church and not expect the local church to do um, the role of the family. You know, as a pastor, I see uh, our goal as a church is to invite people to come to Christ, teach Mm -hmm. people how to grow in Christ, and then equip people to serve Christ. And, And I believe that God wants us to do that as family. That if the uh, father and mother will uh, grow spiritually, that they will trust Christ for their salvation, and that they will serve in their local church and teach their children to do that, uh, it's gonna it's gonna um, be more more effective mm-hmm. than taking a hands off approach where they just drop the kids off at the church and the family life conference. Uh, our goal is to encourage uh, young people to to follow Christ and to do that in the context of serving Christ with their family. And if I might add to that, you know, the first nine chapters of Proverbs are written from a father to his son, and it instructs young people how to live well in God's world, how to how God chooses what is right and what is wrong, how this knowledge leads to humility and grounds morality, how wisdom comes from God. And so this understanding really provides the framework that's missing in today's culture. Mm-hmm. Our children are our closest and first disciples. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Deuteronomy is clear in how it says that you shall teach your children diligently. Mm-hmm. You shall talk about God's um, mandate um, when you sit in your house, when you walk um, by the way, when you lie down and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. That's all the time. And so this idea that we have, um, you know, that, 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 that on a larger scale, it seems that the church is responsible for providing my children instruction and we get to be spectators is not biblical. Mm, okay. Well, I'm going to ask uh, Mark and Amy, would you, the two of you pray for parents to grow in their understanding of the critical critically important work of discipling our children. Father God, we we lift up parents now, and this time, Lord, we know this is a challenge in these times and in this generation. God, I pray that you would give them wisdom. I pray that you would strengthen them through the 
power of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray that you would give them love and compassion and that their words would be persuasive and that they would be able to encourage their children to follow and obey you and to know your word and to grow closer to you. And Father, I just pray, Lord, that you would give them clarity, um, Lord, that you would give them just a supernatural desire and passion to seek out the answers that are ready, that are there, that you have provided, Lord God, as, as a biblical framework for the way the world is and all of reality, Lord. We just pray for just a supernatural um, perseverance um, from our church leaders, from our parents, Lord God. Um, and helping them to see that you indeed are God, that you are good, that you have given us all of the tools that we need to raise our children in the faith and to sustain their faith, Lord God, um, that they would see clearly, Lord, um, the framework that you have created, um, that you have indeed built for us a church and a family, the church and a family unit for human flourishing, for their best, um, for their best. Lord God, and I just thank you uh, for these opportunities for the marriage family um, life con- uh, conference, Lord, that you would just bring parents and, and students and children, Lord God, to a saving knowledge of who you are, to an understanding of um, the work that is needed to transform this culture to a culture that glorifies you. Amen. Amen. Thank you again. Thank you. Uh, Mark and Amy, if someone would like to get in touch with you, you, the two of you, or learn more about your ministry beyond the conference, how could they do that? Sure, they can visit us at crossroadsahoski.com, and that is crossroads, C-R-O-S-S-R-O-A-D-S, Ahoski, and that is spelled A-H-O-S as in Sam, K-I-E, All right. Mark and Amy, thank you for being with us today. All right. Thank Thank you. you. All right. And we'll look forward to seeing you all at the Marriage Family Life Conference, July 7th through the 9th. We'll be right back.
music of Casting Crowns with Love Moved First. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our guests in that first segment again were um, Amy, excuse me, Mark and Amy Warren, and they are directors that will be working with the Youth Apologetics uh, Division of the upcoming Marriage and Family Life Conference. Just again, remember, if you'd like to register for the Marriage and Family Life Conference, Go to www.marriagefamilylife.net and click on the Register Now uh, item there. And keep in mind the theme is Here I Stand. And be mindful that at the core, Marriage Family and the Marriage Family and Life Conference is designed to be a God-glorifying tool that encourages, excuse me, encourages believers of all ages to stand firm on their biblical beliefs while being tested and pressured by the world to remain silent about their faith. Again, God calls us to be bold witnesses for his kingdom. And so if you're able to come to our conference this um, this summer, we believe it'll be a blessing to you and be a tool the Lord will use to help ignite you and your family to be bold witnesses for the kingdom of God. So again, to register, go to www.marriagefamilylife.net and click on Register Now. And if you have further questions, again, feel free to get in touch with us. The number to call is 662-844-5036 to get more information about the American Family Association Marriage Family Life Conference 2022. hope that you will choose to come and be a part of that important conference. Uh, For the balance of our broadcast, we're honored to have with us Michelle Johnson. She's the Client Services Director for the Center for Progress for, excuse me, Center for Pregnancy Choices of Vicksburg, Mississippi. Michelle, how are you today? I am doing well. How are you? Doing very well. Very well. Thanks for joining us today. And we had the privilege of having uh, one of your associates with us a few weeks ago. And so uh, she was the director of the clinic, and you are the specifically the client services director. Uh, so I'm going to ask if you'll take time to further introduce yourself, and you were going to share with us some about your journey insofar as how the Lord brought you to where you are today in the cause of standing for life and working with the great mission and ministry of the Center for Pregnancy Choices in Vicksburg. Yes, and first I'd like to say it's an honor to be here with you, Pastor. Um, I, I believe that this is such a worthy cause, and so I'm excited to share a little bit about how I became an active member of the movement. Um, I've always been a a pro-life person. I I was raised in a pro-life home. Um, I served on the board for um, several years back in the 90s. um, Our center is um, over 30 years old. So being a part of this community, I've had an opportunity to um, help our center in many ways. And I felt like that was going to be my course, just to um, hear about the events and come and help whenever I could. Um, But lately, um, maybe about two years ago, um, the Lord began to call me to a a more hands-on part in the pro-life movement. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. And so um, I had private practice. I was doing some other things. And um, the opening for the client center directors came available. And um, I was given the opportunity 
to be a part of um, our clinic in a working capacity. And so I really went into prayer because anyone that knows, knows that um, going from a lucrative practice and working in the public sector to a nonprofit um, has to be a God move, praise the Lord. I'll put it like that mm-hmm. um, because um, financially there is not any um, real comparison. So I started to pray, and um, the Lord began to lay on my heart um, that we've been doing a great job saving lives, but not saving souls. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of times we're busy, you know, we're saving the lives, but God wants the soul saved of these young ladies. He wants the hearts changed of these young men that come in possibly with the young ladies. So I really wanted to be in a divine purpose um, for the kingdom. And so after praying, I um, when the Lord laid that on my heart, but yeah, we're doing a great job. I came in and I began to just, with his leading, began to orchestrate a little different view, I think, for the client service director. Um, I wanted to build the entire family. I was going after the entire life, which includes the person's soul. Um, It has been a wonderful opportunity to begin to um, lay the foundation for people's Christian life to understand that this brought them, a crisis pregnancy brought them here to the center, but there is a greater reason why we're talking. I believe that every appointment here at the center is a Christ appointment, it is a God appointment. And so I began to just um, pray and ask the Lord um, how to go about um, reaching out to these young ladies and sometimes the young men that come in. Mm-hmm. So, um I don't know if, um, you know, people really understand the opportunity to change. Um, having been at the walk where you were recently in attendance, I don't know if it was you, but some one of the people there said, we need to define define the world, to the world, what pro-lifers really are. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that because so many times we're put in a box um, as religious fanatics or um, angry people or, or whatever the world wants to present or paint us as being. But I believe that we are actually evangelists doing mm. the work of the church. That's right. um, and yeah. we, we, have to, we have to really realize that we're not just after the unborn child, though that is our focus, mm-hmm. but we're after the entire family. Well, Michelle, I'm going to ask if you would, uh, and want you to pick right back up there after you do this, but would you pray for listeners to really be wide open to what the Lord may say to them? Because, you know, I believe that God has a calling for every listener to do something in the cause of standing for life and ending abortion. And sometimes you have people who they, in their heart, they're pro-life, but they're not really doing some something that's a part of helping to make the difference that they could be doing. Would you pray for them to have ears to hear whatever the Lord's saying to them through the broadcast today? Oh, yes. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just ask you right now to touch the hearts and minds of those that may be listening. Lord, I just ask you to penetrate even down in the deep core of the reason why we want to save babies. We want to be pro-life, Lord God. God, I ask you to awaken in them a new understanding, a new hunger, a new desire to be 
involved in this movement, Lord God, to save our children, to save our, our nation, Lord God. So God, remove any fear, any doubt, any confusion, any apathy, Lord God, that people may have, any thoughts that it is up to the person. God, and let them see that this is actually the one of the most important kingdom works that anyone could be involved with, Lord God. So God, I just welcome your spirit to do what only you can do in the hearts of these people. In your darling son's name, Jesus, amen. 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 And, you know, Michelle, you touched on such an important aspect of the work of pregnancy clinics. It's it's so important for people to understand that a major and priority for pregnancy clinics is, just as you alluded to, the sharing of the gospel and helping people to to come to know Christ and then helping them to begin to grow up in their faith. The work of evangelism and discipleship as well, though. But, you know, there may be someone listening who's thinking to themselves, well, just what is a pregnancy clinic? (laughs) Would you share with the listeners, just give a a brief definition or understanding of what a pregnancy clinic and the mission and ministry behind it is? Okay. Um, Our pregnancy center, like many, we're here to help um, stand with a, a woman or a family that have found themselves in a crisis pregnancy. So they come in, we offer free pregnancy tests after they are, it's affirmed that they are pregnant. We offer free prenatal vitamins. We begin parenting classes that will earn them a sonogram. Um, We want to make sure that we're doing all we can as the the person may have to apply for some type of services or Medicaid or something to help pay for the pregnancy. We stand um, usually as like their medical provider and as such for the first three months because um, here in the state it's kind of hard to um, get instant insurance. So we do what maybe an OBGYN would do the first three months. We identify the pregnancy. We give them prenatal vitamins and their first sonogram. Not only that, um, we offer what's called our baby boutique. And um, as they complete parenting classes, they earn while they learn. And so they have baby bucks that they can spend in our baby boutique to begin to um, purchase items that the child might need, such as diapers, clothing. Um, We have cribs. We give away free car seats. Um, we anything a child would need, blankets, diapers, socks, you name it, we have it. Um, strollers, whatever is in there, they can purchase through the baby bucks. All of our services are free. We give counseling. Um, we can do family counseling, um, marriage counseling, anger management, and all of the parenting. We have a array of classes. And mainly, we just want to stand in as a family to support that young lady that has chosen to, to have her, her baby. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as far as the, the um, abortion-minded client, we do the same thing. We also use the um, ultrasound or the sonogram. They can get a same-day sonogram to let them see that the baby is in there, and that has been very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, that helps to change many minds. Well, and, and you know, I, I think of this, too, that uh, the work that you do is so important because 
uh, one of the things that I've pastorally seen is that many times when a, a young woman finds herself pregnant at a difficult time in her life, many times it seems that she's overwhelmed with fear and thinking to herself that sadly, too often in our culture, too many women come to the conclusion that abortion is their only way out. And one of the wonderful ways God uses pregnancy clinics is, as you just alluded to, help the young lady to realize it's not the end of the world that she's pregnant at a tough time. But with God's help and God's grace and with believers and the church coming alongside her, they can help her get through this. And time and time again, it's so beautiful to see many a mom who is so grateful to God for their little boy, their little girl, that they almost aborted when they felt under pressure to make that step. So any thoughts you want to share along that line? Oh, it's so wonderful. Um, This is God's work, I can tell you for sure. We have had calls where they were adamant to have an abortion, and the Lord would lay just the right words on our hearts to say. Um, In particular, there was one caller that, as I began to speak to her and I told her my name, she started to cry because um, that was her mother's name, and she was longing to speak to her her mom, but of course she had passed away. Mm -hmm. And um, as I was talking with her, she changed her mind and um, calls in. We have the people to come back and show the baby. Sometimes we'll get callers from other parts of the state, just happen to find our number, and they'll let us know we did keep the baby. And they're always so excited because they realize that they were trying to make um, an eternal decision about a temporary feeling they were having. Mm. Um, the, the crisis is temporary, but the decision to take a child is eternal. You can't turn around and, and say that. So that's our main goal is to make people feel like, you know, realize that how you feel even right in this moment, you're not going to feel even tomorrow mm-hmm. or in the next week. So we have seen people realize that making a, a decision in the moment of being overwhelmed mm-hmm. um is not what they need to do. So, yes, sir, I can attest that they're very happy that they made the decision and couldn't imagine life without their baby. Mm. Well, if someone wants to get in touch with the Center for Pregnancy Choices in Vicksburg, Mississippi, or learn more about or maybe um, become a prayer supporter or a financial supporter, how can they get in touch with you and or the ministry? Well, we're um, here in Vicksburg. We're located at 1401 Adams Street, and they're welcome to just give us a call here at our center. Uh, We also have a Facebook uh, page. Um, The number is 601-638-2778. That's 601-638-2778. And um, they're welcome to call. We're always looking for um, volunteers and helpers. Mm, that's good. Um, okay, I'm going to jump in here. We're going to pick up on the other side. Our phone guest today is Michelle Johnson. She's the Client Services Director for the Center for Pregnancy Choices in Vicksburg, Mississippi. We'll be right back.
Elevation Worship with O Singh. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our phone guest today is Michelle Johnson. She's the Client Services Director at a pregnancy clinic by the name of the Center for Pregnancy Choices in Vicksburg, Mississippi. And uh, before Michelle comes back, I just would like to mention that you know, we one of our goals uh, when, as we have programs that specifically address the issue of life is to encourage every believer to seek the Lord to find out what He wants you to do as well. And I'd like to mention that a, a tool, uh, a book that I had the privilege of writing is entitled A Pastor's Notes, God Calls the Church to Stand Boldly for Life. And if you'd like to get a copy, you can go to uh, AFA, our, our bookstore, uh, AFA books or resources.afa.net to get a copy of the book. But it's a tool to help help educate you spiritually about the needs, some of the challenges in the cause of life, and things we can do individually and as local churches to get vitally involved with the work of standing for life. So again, the title of the book, A Pastor's Notes, God Calls the Church to Stand Boldly for Life, and you can go to our bookstore, resources.afa.net. Michelle, would you uh, again? We're grateful to have you on with us today. Do you have any stories or that illustrate just why and how God wonderfully, by His Spirit, uses a ministry like the Center for Pregnancy Choices? Oh yes, we have many. And I, as I was thinking about what I would share, a couple comes to mind. Um, they were married, both um, actually were experiencing some drug addiction had lost um, both their children, and um, one that we had actually um, helped to to save. Um, they had lost them into the foster care system. Um, once they completed their drug and alcohol treatment, they sent um, the judge sent them back to us for parenting. And so um, our parenting component was so unbelievable. Um, in changing their lives. Our parenting materials have a actual um, a, a Bible connection at the end. So we teach them practical parenting skills, and then we actually use biblical references and pray for them. So they started, and it was kind of like a normal thing, um, throughout um, us beginning to use the parenting classes and just praying with them. They both became saved. One was the first time salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the opportunity to have um, be there and help assist in baptizing them. Um, we actually saw their family come back together, mm-hmm. and because of our support, they brought their baby back for a blessing. So our center became somewhat of a surrogate church, if mm-hmm. you would have, if you would say that. Mm-hmm. Um, we have seen people come in um, this is another remarkable story. It shows you how generationally, if we don't do more than just save the children, um, you'll see a continuation of behavior. We had a, a 14-year-old that was pregnant. Her mother was standing there and grandmother who had all been pregnant in that same time frame. And the mother started to cry and say, I don't want her to go through what I went through. This is such a hard thing. I don't know how she got there. Mm-hmm. And the grandmother said, we're just going to get an abortion. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, do you all know that there's nothing more that has to be injected into her stomach or anything 
Everything for a child is already there. It's not just tissue. And by using our model demonstrations that we have at different stages of pregnancy, they looked at that model. And this will always stay with me. The grandmother said, my God, it is a baby. Mm. That's powerful. And so, isn't that powerful? Mm-hmm. And so the tools that you have um, are so important. Um, and, and we can even let people borrow these tools, go out, use them at tables, health fairs, so that people can see. By the time the mom really realizes that this child is, you know, in her womb, mm-hmm. it looks like a baby. Mm-hmm. It is a baby. Mm-hmm. And so that was two powerful stories. Um, just overall, we've seen two baptisms, um, mm-hmm. two first-time salvations, 15 rededications, um, have two people in our marriage track, and that's only, that's happened in a year. Mm, um, that's good. And that's, that's my goal, is um, we have um, a, an appreciation luncheon to bring them in, we bring speakers in, and then all for salvation. So we do kind of a, a service of outreach um, twice a year to try to, to give them an opportunity. A lot of the people say, well, is it a church? And I say, no, we have it right back here in the parking lot. They don't know mm-hmm. that church can happen anywhere. That's right. So. That's right. <laughs> and, you know, Michelle, I think a, ho- a whole other side of the truth behind this is that ministers like pregnancy clinics are uh, very much an extension of the church. You are, you in, in essence, you are the church. And so, I, I personally, I I like the idea of getting totally getting rid of the term parachurch organization because, in reality, you're simply the church functioning out in the world, out in the marketplace amongst people where people live and where they are and where they're struggling. And so, yeah. and that's one more reason why it's so important for individual believers and local churches to. Uh, faithfully and boldly come alongside and support the work of pregnancy clinics with their prayers, with their finances. And, you know, pregnancy clinics often use volunteers. Um, and as you mentioned, that the, the services for pregnancy clinics are all free. But what is needed is for the people God has called to come alongside and support them to help help them carry out the work so that they can do the work for free. So so what words of encouragement would you share to maybe pastors or just believers who are listening who are thinking maybe they'd like to get involved, maybe they'd like to support your pregnancy clinic or another one? What would you say to encourage them to do that? I would tell anyone that happens to listen to this broadcast that you can do something. Um, you may think I'm just one person, but you are one person. Mm-hmm. And you may even think that, well, I don't have much money. You don't need much money. Sometimes just answering a phone and allowing um, a person to go out and get some lunch when staff is out, coming and folding clothes in the baby boutique, or just maybe even um, hosting a um, diaper drive um, with your friends, sorority or family members. There are so many things that you can do. Um, coming to be a table host at a local banquet, um, bringing people in to get more understanding about um, understanding about the abortion situations, and um, you don't have to do, you know, protests or you don't have to walk in front of the clinic. A lot of times, that's what the way that we view um, actively happen helping 
in this movement, there are a lot of other ways. And I would say to pray, God will show you to pastor and invite CTC people in, um, maybe just to set up a table in your lobby. If you're doing a food giveaway, let's set up a table. We can give away diapers and let people know about our services. There's so many um, non-invasive ways, I call it, to actually begin to touch the hearts of people and recognize that life is never a, a choice. Life mm-hmm. is has always been planned. Mm-hmm. And um, I, only God has the right to make a choice about a life. And um, if we don't get in and learn more, just like that example that I gave, the grandmother, mm-hmm. not knowing that that was a baby, when, they, when mm-hmm. she picked up that little model, mm-hmm. if we can get in, we'll do the talking. We'll, you know, we can talk as much as you want or as little as you want, but we'll come alongside you to help you get your congregation understanding how um, they can help. Maybe even getting the baby bottles. We do the bottles. We can drop them off at your church and just put them at the door. And people drop spare change or just make a donation mm-hmm. without being, um, you know, too cumbersome to your ministry. But most of all, just understand mm-hmm. that when you save a life, I think that's one of the greatest things that you could do. That's right. Um, That's right. That's so, so important. And Michelle, our time is just about gone. I'm going to ask real briefly, would you say a word of prayer for the ministry my wife, Birdie, and I are spearheading? It's called Pregnancy Care and Hope Center. We're launching a a mobile medical pregnancy clinic that will serve in the Mississippi Delta. Would you pray for us before our time ends today? Yes, and congratulations on that mobile clinic. That's an asset. Um. We're so excited. So let, we'll go in prayer. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, first I just ask you to surround this couple, Lord God. God, surround every bit of that mobile unit, Lord God. And God, we ask that angels would assist and, and escort that mobile unit, Lord God, right to where you would have it to be, Lord God. God, we're praying that financial situations. We're praying for prosperity to come in their ministry to the point where the mobile unit has absolutely not one need, Lord God. God, that you would you would stock it, you would fill it, you fill it with the staff that they need, Lord God. God, you would fill it with courageous, prayerful people, God. God, that would go out not only after the unborn, but after the lost, Lord God. God, I thank you for this woman and man of God. God, that you have placed so strategically in the Delta, Lord God. God, we're praying that in the Delta, life will be lifted up, Lord God. God, I thank you for the visionary. I thank you for his heart. I thank you for her heart, Lord God. God, we ask that you would just insulate them in love, Lord God. God, let the love of God be what they see when that mobile unit pulls in, Lord God. Give them the absolute words from your heart to speak to every person that would stop by that unit, Lord God. God, just empower them with only your Holy Spiritual power from on high, God. Let the glory of God be seen through every volunteer, every worker, everything that that mobile unit does, Lord God, supernaturally. God, we're believing for great stories, great miracles, God, great wonders, because these are the true believers, God. And they have access to your power. So, Lord, everything that they need, I know they'll be given by your grace. 
And God, I just thank you. I again honor the man and woman of God that are going after life, going after your heart, God. And these things be so in Jesus' powerful and mighty name. Amen. We'll be continuing to pray for you, Pastor. I'm so excited about you all having that mobile unit. All right. Well, thank you so much. And as we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you're listening today and you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, we'd like to invite you to pray with us to make that step in your life. Just simply pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much. You came to this world. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for my sins. Three days later, you rose from the dead. Lord Jesus, I confess I've sinned and done wrong. I repent of the wrong I've done. Forgive me for the wrong I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Become my Lord and Savior. Make me the person you want me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer today, please email us, joseph at afr.net. We'd like to share with you some literature that will help you to begin to grow and grow strong in your walk with the Lord, joseph at afr.net. Michelle Johnson has been our guest. Michelle, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. All right. We appreciate it. And keep up the great work that you're doing there with the other folks there at the Center for Pregnancy Choices in Vicksburg, Mississippi. And to our listeners, please pray much for Michelle and the staff of the Center for Pregnancy Choices in Vicksburg, Mississippi. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.